Hello. Welcome to Circle for Presence. Uh, my name is Karen, for those of you who don't know me. Um, and I want to open tonight with this. This is John O'Donohue from To Bless the Space Between Us. When the light around you lessens and your thoughts darken until your body feels fear turn cold as a stone inside. When you find yourself bereft of any belief in yourself and all you unknowingly leaned on has fallen. When one voice commands your whole heart and it is raven dark. Steady yourself and see that it is your own thinking that darkens your world. So with that um, little opener, we're going to do a little bit different of a meditation tonight to open with. Because I usually open with a, a silent meditation, sometimes guided. And it's going to be silent tonight, but I'm going to set it up beforehand for what I want you to kind of focus on because it's the tone of the evening. And that is... Tonight's talk, I got directed to do, I just love how I get directed to teach exactly what I need most in that moment. If you don't mind feeling what you're feeling, what happens to it? So what you're going to get the opportunity to do is determine, you know, think about your day-to-day, -day, think about whatever big thing may be happening in your life. And think about, get in touch with the feelings you've been having about it. It might be depression, it might be anxiety. For most people, it's this low-level anxiety, this feeling of, I need to fix it, I need to figure it out, I need to, you know, I need to stay on top of it, that feeling of being overwhelmed. But it could be just general unhappiness. It could be, um, well, blatant anger could be fear, could be anything. Whatever it is, other than, you know, well, and even with love and those things, you can do that, but that would be a whole different experience, and I don't want us to focus on that tonight. So this is about for those shadow feelings, okay? Those ones that we also get really into all our addictions about. You know, we get busy, we turn on the television, we go to the internet, we go to the refrigerator, you know? Some people, it's alcohol and drugs and cigarettes and, you know, just, or tons of work, work addicts, gambling. I mean, the addictions are endless. The list is endless, what we can do to avoid ourselves and stay out of this moment, to not feel. And what I invite you to do during our meditation is that I want you to go in and I want you to sit with that feeling. I'm not asking you to do anything with it. Just see if you can accept that that's what you feel in this moment. That that's what it is. And then experience what happens to it. Okay? So for those of you that have never done um, silent meditation, Usually it's about clearing the thoughts out of your head. And this will be too, because I don't want you thinking about it. I want you to sit with it, and there's a difference. So focus on your breath is one way to do it. So you focus on your inhale and your exhale. And for me, I find that I kind of ride my breath. And for some reason, even though I've never surfed, 
it reminds me of surfing. Maybe I did in a past life. <laughs> but I always do. I always think of that. Um, so, and you can use inhale, exhale in your mind as a mantra, if you like. You can use anything for a mantra. You can use the word mantra for a mantra. It doesn't matter. But it gives your mind something to focus on so that you stay away from the ego's voice, which is all those thoughts jumping in, left, right, and center. Anything to pull you out of present. Okay, if that doesn't work, you can go to um, your five senses. An open eye meditation. That's why the candles are here. You can focus on a flame. You can focus on the flowers. You can focus on a stone. You can even look around you and notice like color and shape and depth, shadow, light. If your mind starts labeling things, then that's not working for you. So what you want to do is you want to just return your attention back to this moment and close your eyes and then pay attention to what you're hearing. Listen to the sounds. And the longer you stay with that, you'll eventually hear a whole other level of sound. And then there's a whole other level of sound underneath that. That generally takes longer than the 15 minutes that we do, but but some people can experience that rather rapidly too. So, you know. Um, okay. The other thing that you can do too is remind yourself when you're if your mind's bouncing all over the place. If you're a woman, you would say I'm a woman. If you're a man, you say I'm a man sitting in a chair. What I do is I'm a woman sitting on a table. That's it. I'm a woman sitting on a table. And I get back into my body. Right here, right now, where I'm at. Okay? I don't do the grocery list. I don't do the to-do chore list. I don't, oh, I forgot to call so-and-so. Okay? I pull myself right back. I'm a woman sitting on a table. Okay? The other thing that you can do is... If you've ever seen a cat that has noticed prey, like a mouse that's gone into a mouse hole, and it's going to sit there and wait for that mouse to come back out, it becomes as still as a statue and incredibly focused. My cats are my best Zen teachers. <laughs> Pretend you're that cat. You're not waiting for a mouse. <coughs> sit perched and focused waiting for the next thought. And as long as you can stay there, no thoughts come up. So those are just three of many, many ways that you can go into silent meditation. When you move into this one, what you're going to do is take that feeling with you. So you need to identify what, you, what you've been dealing with lately. What's a feeling that you think you've been kind of avoiding or kind of running from? Or, and it doesn't have to be huge. It may not be huge. But find out what that is for yourself. Identify that. And then that's what you're going to take in and sit with. Can you just accept that right now, in this moment, that's what you're feeling? And sit with it, stay with it, and watch, notice what happens with it. Okay? So I'm going to start us with the bowl. And then in 15 minutes, I'll end us with the bowl. You are welcome to go sit anywhere in the room if you don't want to sit in a chair.
How was that for everybody? Did anybody get actually go in with a feeling and sit with it and just like accept that's how I'm feeling in this moment? Anybody want to share? That maybe it was an unfamiliar feeling to be that free. Yeah. Well, usually we're going so fast and involved in so much stuff and so in our heads all the time that we don't notice that. We don't notice that we're really constantly in the state of creating an illusion of that we're in control which really is a big fat illusion. <laughs> we just think we are. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> no, yeah, we don't. Anybody else? When you get in that thought, no matter how stupid it is, it's impossible to do anything Yeah. Yeah, that's all there is. And so, yeah, it just it's an it's almost like an auto surrender. <laughs> right. And the ego, of course, its whole mission. It's its whole purpose for being. It is well, no, is to survive. And that's why it will disrupt that because it cannot exist in present moment. So when people say, well, how do I get rid of my ego? You don't. Just get into present moment. It doesn't exist there. So it will constantly try to get us back into the future, back into the past, whatever, because that's where it exists. It's all about preservation of, of itself. And it doesn't really care about the truth at all. So we're going to talk a little bit about what Tolle, Eckhart Tolle, for any of you that are familiar with him, he refers to as um, ego repair mode. Because <laughs> this is so common. And most, it is so autopilot for most people. It's coming from that place of unconsciousness. And we have no awareness of it. And it's just rapid fire. And the first place I'm going to take you to, to, to have you zero in on where you do it, is when you're driving. And there's traffic. <laughs> Because all it takes is one guy that cuts you off, or let's add insult to injury. He cuts you off and then turns around and flips you the bird. <laughs> and what happens is there's that immediate feeling, this rush of emotion to either justify, defend, or blame. It's always those three. We're justifying, defending, or blaming. 
And usually there's an instant response, you know, a, a string of language that comes out of us <laughs> that we wouldn't say around our children or our grandchildren if we have them. <laughs> um, and it might even be just a quick, you know, flipping them off, or and it, and also it can go to the other place of being the poor me. Well, why, God, always me, no matter what. I'm, no matter what I do, I can't win for losing. That's the ego. The ego doesn't care where it goes. I mean, it can be arrogant and feeling better than everybody else on the planet, and it can feel like it's the planet's doormat. It doesn't care. It does not care. So it doesn't care what role it takes, and it doesn't care about the truth. All it cares about is survival. So it'll, it'll pop in all over the place. So this whole thing about if you don't mind what you're feeling, whatever it is you're feeling, what happens to it is right with the whole notion around the ego is always about trying to change that trying to go after something it's wanting the ego loves to want in fact oh god i'm going down so many rabbit holes tonight okay oh well never mind i will be so track with me or <laughs> eventually i'll bring it around and have it somewhat make sense but okay so here's part of it is when the ego is in wanting, that's always about the future, right? I want a new car. Well, so that's out here. I want to get this better job, this better paying job. I want to get this bill paid off. I want to get, I want to get that basement cleaned up. I want to get that garage cleaned out. It doesn't matter what it is. I want to feel better about myself. It does not matter what it is. The wanting is out here. So it's out in the future. So that's the ego's territory. And as soon as you get that, do you ever notice, like you can see this better with things, that when you get something you wanted, a thing, the high, the rush lasts for a little while. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. And, and it might even last for a day or two or a week or a month usually not much longer than that after a while it becomes it's just part of the deal because now the ego's had to jump back out there and grab onto some other things it wants because that's what keeps us out here because we can't stay right here in this moment now i'm saying i'm not saying don't have goals of course you can have goals and you can make goals in the moment and then let go of attachment to them and then take each moment, what steps do you take towards that goal? But if you're focused on the goal the whole time, you're never right here. You've all heard that thing of it's not the, journey, it's not the destination, it's the journey. That's what that means. It means stay here in this moment, whatever that moment is. And, if, and out of that, you will intuitively get directed all the time whatever that next step is that you're supposed to take. You go, oh, I'll do that today. Or, oh, I'm going to do that right now. And that's maybe one more step towards that goal. For those of you that have gone after 
big financial goals or big educational goals, things that, you know, were years out here, okay? Um, whatever that goal was out here, whatever that was, you had to, all those little steps you took in between. Like if you went to go get a degree in something, you had to, you had to sign up for the classes. Maybe before that, you had to look at your bank accounts and figure out, can I afford this? Or should I go for a grant or a student loan? Right? Those were steps that had to be taken. And that's all you did in that moment. You didn't do everything in one moment. But in our heads, that's how we get ourselves overwhelmed. And that's what the ego does, because it keeps us out of this moment right here. So, if I don't mind what I'm feeling, I'm bouncing all over the place, so just bear with me. I know this is going to make sense by the end of the evening. <laughs> or not. <laughs> um, okay, so, if, yeah, well, I, yeah, I think so. Okay, so, um, <laughs> if whatever you're feeling, let's, let's take anxiety as an example, because I've been working with a lot of people lately that are dealing with tremendous anxiety. Anxiety over money, over jobs, over just the future, you know, they watch the news, they read the paper, and they get spun out. Um, the whole political thing. Um, a lot of people get real worried about their kids and their grandkids, of course. And all that worry produces anxiety. And sometimes that anxiety will move people even into depression. Because most depression is anxiety-based, by the way. So the other piece that they feel is really overwhelmed. Like there's this sense of, I need to be able to figure out something to do here, but I don't know what it is. And it's not been uncommon for me to hear people say, all I do is go to work, come home, fix dinner, do the dishes, do a load of laundry, make a couple phone calls to friends or to family or do this with the kids or do this with my husband or my wife or whatever. It's the same old routine and it's just like I, my life has no importance. I have no, I, I, you know, I do, I'm, on this, I'm on this treadmill. So first of all, I have them go in and sit with that feeling of unhappiness because they're unhappy about feeling unhappy. So the, the unhappiness that they're feeling about being unhappy is just another layer of unhappiness, you know? See how we do that? The ego just keeps putting on another layer and another layer and another layer until we're all spun out. No wonder this country is, is desperate for antidepressants and anti-anxieties and, well, probably antipsychotics as well. <laughs> because... You know, we're living up here all the time, listening to this thing. And it really is the voice of the ego. It is not you. It is not the true essence of who you are. Okay? You are just being. 
just pure light. Just being. I would say God, although a lot of people still have a thing about how they're separated from that. And you're a part of God. You're a part of the unified field, whatever you want to call it. All, it's all the same. So, if you can go in and sit with that anxiety, that feeling of overwhelm, that helplessness, and be okay with right now, that's what I feel. I feel anxious about money. I feel anxious about my job. I feel anxious about the state of the world. <sighs> Don't know where I'm going to make my next house pay. I'm going to make my next house payment or rent. And just be with that. Can I be okay? Can I accept that's how I feel right now? What do you experience? When you sit with that, what do you experience? Mm. Mm -hmm. Hmm? Restlessness. Restlessness? The ego tugging at you. Okay? Yeah. I know that one. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute, this is too... Can't sit here. I always think of, you know, if you've ever seen a hot cast iron skillet and somebody throws a little bit of water in it, and it... That's what I always, you know, I think that that's how I probably am in some of those moments because it's like anything but don't sit still with this. Yeah. So the next thing I have them do is that I have them take a look at and sit with what would happen if you just tried being no one in particular. Would it be okay then that you go to work and you do your thing and you drive home and you cook a meal and you wash the dishes again? Can that become okay then? Can that become acceptable? <laughs> Well, well, you can do it, but it doesn't mean that it's okay. For a lot of people, it's not. They resent it, they hate it, they feel like they're on a treadmill. And it's like, if you don't want to do that, there's lots of other options. Just choose one and go in that direction. You know? Give up the job. Become a vagabond. Hitchhike and walk across the country. Peace Pilgrim did that. She was, what, 52 or something when she did that journey? 52-year-old woman, she just gave it all up and started walking across the country and was in total surrender. She had no money. She had no food. She literally would rely on the moment, whatever was in the moment that would take care of her. And she always got fed and she always got shelter. Now, this is where the difference lies. There's one example she shared that a huge, I don't know where she was in the country, but a huge storm was coming, you know, thunder, lightning, wind, rain, the whole nine yards. And she said, okay, you know, I need some shelter. 
<laughs> I'm not seeing any around here, so point me in the direction and I'll go. And she went around this bend and here was this bridge. And she went under the bridge and there was a cardboard box. And it was big enough if she sat on the ground, she could put the cardboard box over the top of her sitting under this bridge. And she was grateful. Now, there's the difference. Because a lot of people would have seen the bridge and seen the box and not seen it as an answer to her prayer. Would have not seen it as shelter. But she only needed shelter for a limited, very limited amount of time as this storm moved through. So she wasn't looking for the Hilton and room service <laughs> and a warm fire. You know, all the romantic notions we get in our heads about the way things should be. You know, because that's the ego jumping out there saying, here, let me paint you a picture because this is the way it should be. And if it's not, what do we end up feeling? Disappointment, sad. Byron Katie says that all sadness is a temper tantrum because we're not getting what we want. And I really had to look at that one because, you know, I've worked with people for a long time and I've sat with people a lot in their sadness. And I've really come to agree with her that there's a difference between sadness and true grief over the loss of somebody. Major difference. In fact, most people in our culture don't do real grief until two or three years out from the experience because they stay stuck up in their head listening to all their thoughts and they think they're doing grief because they're sobbing and they're crying and the snot's flying and they're doing all the, you know, they're looking like they're doing grief and they're not. They're reacting emotionally to all their thoughts in their head. Grief to me is just that pure emotion, the, the feeling that's in here. This is head stuff. He died too young. I'll never see her graduate from high school or get married. You know, parents shouldn't have to bury their children. And I did Byron Katie with a woman that had the death of a child. I took them through that. Some of you have heard, heard me tell that story. And it was amazing to me what happened as a result of that. Because when she was doing the turnarounds, obviously one of the turnarounds is parents should bury their children. Where's the evidence? They do it all the time. There's the evidence. It's been going on since the beginning of human beings. And it hasn't stopped. <coughs> so, hmm? Nothing stops. Yeah. And the only time I suffer is when I argue with what's real. And I only suffer every time. And it doesn't feel good. That's where I get the pain, the anxiety, the depression, the irritation, the resentment, fear, anger. I start comparing my insides to other people's outsides. And I don't know about you guys, but I usually always come out really screwed in that deal. Because, <laughs> of course, I'm the only one that knows what goes on on my insides. You know, and of course, everybody out here always looks good because I'm just looking at the outsides, right? But don't we do that? 
you know, especially if we're in a lot of pain. Especially if we're in a lot of pain. So, what would happen if you just worked on having acceptance of being no one in particular? How does the ego react to that? (laughs) Yeah? Not okay, not okay. I have to be somebody. I have to make it. It's okay. No, it's not. (laughs) What else are people hearing when you hear that? Can I accept? Can I just be no one in particular? I don't have anything great to say. I don't have anything, well, for one thing, I don't think anybody has anything original to say. I know I don't. There isn't anything original out there left. There's different ways of saying it. Well, yeah, and and the repetition is good, and hearing it different ways is good, because hearing it this way, maybe it didn't click, but hearing it this way did. But for that person to think they're all in a bag of chips because they said that is kind of silly. I mean, I, I, don't, I can't take credit for any of the things that I teach. None of it. I mean, I've been studying this stuff for over 30 years. So it all comes from somewhere else. And with a lot of those people, they studied too. It all came from somewhere else. You know, there's... Yeah, evolution. So what happens? What do you think it looks like? Just sit for a minute and think about this. What would it look like for you to accept just it's okay to be no one in particular? Ah. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of amazing, huh? That by letting go of that idea, that belief, and our culture feeds that. Oh, we've got to be, and especially with the Olympics going right now, I mean, everything's about being numero uno. And if you're not the best, okay, well, I guess you screwed up. And so how much of us, how many of us are walking around believing on a subconscious level? We're not even conscious of it. We're not even aware that this is playing in the background. It's like this program that's been minimized, right? And we've forgotten it's down there and it's still running in the background. And that is, I'm never going to measure up. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to be the best at anything. I'm never going to be known for something. I'm not going to leave any kind of legacy. Oh, shit, yeah, and when I die? So what? Just another meat suit getting hauled off. (laughs) 
and a lot of people struggle with that because the ego says <laughs> well it is we drop our meat suits and we carry on I yeah okay that's <laughs> no, laughter is good in here. Um, so even death, it gets worried about. I'm going to die alone. <coughs> and really, the ego is the only one that's going to worry about that. Because the true essence of who you are knows you're never alone. Our, 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 Einstein, you know, you've heard me quote him a lot. He's one of my heroes. He said, <laughs> Barbara, you're going to start me and I won't be able to stop. Um, he said our greatest illusion was that there was more than one of us. And to me, that translates also into our greatest illusion is that we're separate. We're separate from source and separate from each other. And we're not. Indigenous cultures know that. We are all one. We are all connected. And not just human beings. We're connected to everything. It's part of the web. It's the spiral of life. But the ego sees itself as separate. It has to do everything alone. It's going to die alone because nobody loves it. You know, that's a story. That's a story. Yep. Yep. And as long as we stay with those mentally constructed stories, we're going to have all those feelings that are uncomfortable. So one of the places to start is, can I accept that's how I feel right now? And you're right. You end up right here, right now in this moment, and it no longer is there because it's coming from that mentally constructed story by the ego which has to be about past or future it doesn't exist right here at all huge I know this is now you see why I go down so many rabbit holes I mean there's just little wonderful tangents you can go off with this stuff it's fun <laughs> hmm Questions, comments? Do you know why? Uh huh. Can you see it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you tried to pull it into this moment.
know I love that I love how easy this stuff is it's easy and it's not where it's not easy is the discipline it requires and I always equate it to going to the gym because I'm one of those people that I'm not athletic I'm not into the gym although I do go to the gym and I do I have physical activity I do every day and I, I push myself to do most of it and there was a time that I actually believed if I could find somebody that I could pay to go to the gym and work out for me as long as I got the results I would pay for it because <laughs> I just don't yeah it's just not my thing you know but that requires discipline it's like I, I need to just do it just go in and just do it go in and do it and get it done and and then I began to learn how to make it fun how to make it enjoyable how to be in the moment with it which made it a whole different experience and now I actually enjoy it that's the same with getting present you're working muscle it's like call it a spiritual muscle I don't care what you're learning how to do it's like it's like some people will say well you know I tried being the cat waiting at the mouse hole for the next thought because I figured like the easiest but within no time at all I was back at work I was having a conversation in my head with so-and-so or I was finishing an argument with my wife and I won <laughs> go figure <laughs> and you know it's harder to do than you think because you you first of all you have to get aware when you slide out of it when the ego's been able to pull you back out and you don't resist that because it really is about the what you resist persists every single time there is no exception none so no matter what it is if you're resisting it it's and how it what it whatever power whatever power you're resisting it with it's going to persist right back at you with the same power so it isn't going to go away so how you don't resist the ego is notice return your attention back to this moment you just notice and go ah okay get focused back in but it requires the discipline of, because this is easier this is easier to go with that you know how to do you can do that in your sleep you do that in your sleep <laughs> yeah absolutely so it's not going to change quickly One big thing. Oh yes. <laughs> I could do that, and I'd be done with all of it. <laughs> Which is the ego. <laughs> sit with it. You run away a lot when you first 
be with it. every moment too I mean like if you're doing the dishes and you notice oh I'm way out there I'm in next week oh okay just notice it pull yourself in and feel the water on your hands feel the temperature of the water feel the soap feel the, the weight of the dish whatever it is in your hands be there with that and then if you notice it again, instead of going, geez, I can't stay with even washing the dishes. That's resistance. That's just the ego, because it's another way the ego keeps you out of present moment. allow it to be a part of what is happening. Mm-hmm. Over all kinds of things. <laughs> yeah, and people that were claiming people that were that were, you know, talking about how spiritual they were and how centered they were and then during meditation somebody's vibration you know they had their phone on vibrate so there was this vibrating thing going on no this was like yes oh see I yeah oh you don't have no because and the only thing well you don't need to apologize yeah and you don't need to apologize number one number two I I usually I don't always remember, but I usually try to say, allow all sounds, because we've had all kinds of sounds. We've had guys walk in here looking for the men's AA meeting. <laughs> and we're, well, yeah, sometimes they were. There was one, one kid that came in here one night, and he said, oh, God, I don't think this is what I want. <laughs> and we were, we were like five minutes into the meditation, you know, and I thought, well, this ought to be good to see how people handle this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have AA meetings. There's ah, well, there's three meetings in this room a week. Yeah. It's just that we used to be on Wednesday nights, and on Wednesday nights there is a men's meeting, and it's upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Windows. Yeah. <laughs> We're just praying for y'all, yeah. 
<laughs> yes. What's your name? We'll include you on the prayer list. <laughs> rhythmic. It was very rhythmic. Mm -hmm. I didn't know where it was coming from, but it didn't. But see, it doesn't matter. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Right, and then there are levels of sound that, like, you're going to hear the surface stuff that you can hear right away. But I don't know how many of you could hear the candle burning over here. Ah, (laughs) and I have a big mouth. (laughs) Because there was several times, well, actually, it was almost rhythmic as well, but... I don't know whether it's the wax or what it is, but every now and then I would hear this crackling. And and I, it didn't matter to me what it was. I just found it curious, and then the thought came to me, oh, it's the candle. And I went, hmm, okay. But the longer you sit in silence, if you're focusing on sounds, you will find other levels, other levels of sound that you drop down into that we just never ever hear and it can be as simple as even some background music because we were so up in our heads we didn't hear it oh yeah or not hear at all yeah yeah so what does that feel like to think about if I don't mind what I'm feeling. And the reason I'm asking that is because when I go there with people and I'll say, I want you to go into where that feeling is and just be with that that sadness, that depression, that anxiety, that fear, whatever it is, be with that unhappiness. And can you accept that that's just what you're feeling right now? And what I hear from a lot of people is, I didn't come here to embrace the crappy way I feel. (laughs) Yeah. And I let them know that I lost my magic wand. (laughs) I don't have one anymore. I haven't found it yet. And... I was never very good at that anyway. I usually turned people into, you know, tree stumps and shit. So. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so that, you know, and, and I'd say just, you don't have to do anything. Just what would it be like if you could accept that in this moment, that's what you feel? And what most people will experience once they allow themselves to go there is they, at the very least, feel a separation from it. I was going to say, it felt, felt like it took this image of a cloud or something, and I was separate from it. It was just kind of, <clears throat> bring this. Perfect. Yeah. 
perfect Kim yeah that's it that's it yeah you're becoming the observer that's exactly what happened that's awesome I'm thrilled that you guys are, are getting these experiences because now you have see I can tell you this stuff and it doesn't mean anything you know you hear it and even if you know, and, and we're all smart you know we hear this stuff or we read this stuff in a book and we get it it makes it most of it to most of us most of it makes sense some of it might be a, it takes a little while to get our minds wrapped around the concepts like Einstein's our grandest illusion is that there's more than one of us <laughs> but that's true <laughs> um, but bottom line is until you experience it it's not real for you oh those are see those are you know talk about having lots of personalities they're just you know they're like neurosis <laughs> you just I just invite all my little neurotics in and invite them in for a tea party just say come on in sit down have tea and then I focus my attention where I want it so you just notice them you notice the fixer notice the rescuer notice okay I see you're here sit down have a cup of tea and then pull your attention back into I'm just a man sitting in a chair get back into your body and recommend or suggest to you I would invite you to just come in anyway just come in come in sit down meditate or or not do what you want to do but just come in and and know that whatever noise is being made you're giving the meditators grist for the mill yes absolutely she was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, 
and when that's happened, when that's happened before, me as the teacher, right, I don't do anything. I've had literally after circles over and, you know, we're just talking and stuff, I've had people come up to me and say, well, Karen, why didn't you let her know it would have been okay to come sit down? Because <laughs> I'm not codependent as much. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's what I'm saying is that it can go to that extreme where I've had people come to me and, and say, I, can I give you a little bit of criticism, Karen? <laughs> sure. I'm open, you know, because I don't know. You know, basically, okay, so here's the other piece I want you to play with. The ego <laughs> always wants to know. So... It believes it has to know what's going on, even if it has to make shit up. Or draw from a little bit of knowledge and sort of build on that with a really good imagination. You know? Right? Okay? Doesn't take much at all. You could have creative avoidance, yes. <laughs> well, and that's about that self-importance. The ego is always desperately trying to feel like it has some importance, it has some place. If not, it will just go be the victim, the poor me. It doesn't care, but it will try to go for the other first. So what I would invite you to do is the next time you want to quickly jump in with advice for somebody, because this is something I work on all the time. Being in my field, guess where I go all the time? I know what you could do. <laughs> I mean, I've been doing this for, what, 28 years. So, right? So the ego says, I know what I'm doing. I know the resources for this person. They don't have to stay in that pain if they don't want to. And if they're talking about it, they must not want to. And you know what? I have found so much freedom in, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. I know that if somebody comes to me and makes an appointment and comes in, they're inviting me into their life to work with them. And even then, I just offer suggestions and invite them to do different things. And I still don't know anything. And it's that freedom, that same freedom you talked about, Elizabeth, when you sat with what would it be like if I just was okay with being no one in particular. You truly end up being more of who you really are. And you truly get to come from your heart center then. And that's what I've been experiencing more than anything, is that I come more from here all the time. And yeah, it takes a lot of discipline because I certainly don't experience it 24-7. And I get lots of opportunities where all of a sudden I realize I didn't even know I was falling. I didn't even know that my face hit the dirt. <laughs> the awareness comes on when I'm choking in the dirt <laughs> and going, oh, <laughs> we've been kind of spun out on this for a while. Hmm. If you take it on as an identity, there are plenty of people out there that love to tell you how spiritual they are, how much they meditate, 
um, all the different healing modalities they know and they're just this and that and this and that and what they are is they've just taking on the spiritual world as an identity so that's the ego taking that on as identity being no one in particular if you're not you know I mean you'd have to be like going up to people and saying you know I'm really no one in particular <laughs> and I'm just so okay with that and I just feel so flipping free <laughs> then I'd say yeah we got a little ego play in there <laughs> but to the whole idea of being no one in particular is that it no longer matters and you have to be in present moment and in present moment you also have no need be telling that to anybody unless you're in a hmm? people will notice it they will just notice it and because of that may be attracted to you and say what's going on you seem so at peace you seem so free and then you share some of those things with them but you share from that place of well this is what I work with you know, and I used to come from this place where, you know, well, for me, I used to come from the place was until, I mean, this really was my day job, the stuff that I do, <laughs> that I was eventually going to get rescued from because I was going to get famous as a rock and roll star, see. I had a recording studio, I had my own band, they, we played all my own original music, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was going to be somebody and part of the struggle in letting that go was that that was an identity I had bought into for a long time and I had a lot invested in that so how was I all of a sudden going to tell people yeah I don't do that anymore because the ego was going oh my god who are we going to be then how about nobody in particular how about just a human being walking on the earth doing the next thing period and that that's good enough and then it's about well it's just like in the 12-step programs then it's about attraction rather than promotion if it's promotion that's ego driven attraction is people get attracted to what they see when you are heart-centered they just do they know something's different so And it's not easy stuff. I don't, I don't want to be coming across like, oh, this is a piece of cake. Next week you guys will have it. <laughs> Just use a little discipline. <laughs> yeah. In seven easy steps. Yeah. No. <laughs> And some of you might actually get there really quickly. You know, I, you know, I, in, in reading all about all the different teachers that I read and I, I, you know, some of them I'm more drawn to than others, two of which, you know, I am more drawn to Byron Katie and especially Eckhart Tolle's work. I love his work. And, you know, he, he was suicidal. He was all about academia and thinking that, you know, the smarter you were and the more degrees you had and, you know, oh, his ego was absolutely off the charts. 
And then he had a series of events happen that kind of shook his world. And at one point, he was considering suicide. And I don't remember the details of it. I don't know how close he got to it or if he had the means to do it. But I think it was he woke up the next morning and was, I think, you know, I think he truly is enlightened. He's in that state of enlightenment all the time. I think he was blessed with that. Byron Katie, on the other hand, just because of different things I hear on her CDs and have read in her books, I don't think she is 100%, but she's closer than anybody I know. Um, and her experience was she was rageful and depressed and obese, um, was a compulsive overeater, um, finally went to, tried to get treatment for it, and I think the only, the only thing her insurance would pay for was this halfway house for compulsive overeating. So she goes to that. She was so scary to the other women there that they put her up in the attic. And her self-esteem was so low that she wouldn't even sleep in the bed. She didn't feel like she even deserved to sleep in a bed. And one morning when she woke up, she's laying on there on the floor of the attic, and this cockroach crawls across her foot. And she experienced this awakening that changed her entire life. So I have, from time to time, toyed with the idea, going to the pet store, getting some cockroaches, turning them loose in the bedroom, laying on the floor, and just, you know, hey, see what happens. See what happens. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? I'd have a few cockroaches I'd have to collect. What, you think? Yeah. Yeah. But see, that's what I'm saying. That would be, that's, and that's also, you know, that's a real, that's just my humorous way of looking at what a lot of people look for, which is drive-through spirituality. They want to go through a drive-through and get it. Yes, that changed everything. Piecemeal at a time. And I also believe that we make contracts. So I don't, I believe they had contracts to do exactly what they did, and that we each, every single one of us, have contracts to be doing what we're doing. And we've added this as a component, as a piece, that we're wanting to experience this. <laughs> Well, there actually is a book out there written by a woman who found out she had I, she had the same, I think, breast cancer that I did. It was the most aggressive. And, and she didn't want to go through the experience of it, and she believed in contracts. And so she went, she did some, I haven't read the book, I've heard about it. And apparently what she did was do some dream work and went into the dream time and renegotiated her contract. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't let her know when they had changed her leave this lifetime date because um, they just believe that it's better that we don't know. But. I'm trying to remember everything I was told, and I 
don't because I didn't read the book and it was what some person shared with me and they were they were pretty impressed with it that it was pretty intelligently written um, so I don't know I mean who knows there's all kinds of dimensions playing around us all the time are we willing to tap into them are we willing to be open to them you know that's huge yeah okay staying on task here which sometimes can be difficult for moi let's see oh um okay so Leading up to that. That was after his enlightenment. Oh. That was after. He just completely let go of everything. He left Oxford. He basically was in such bliss that he would sit on park benches and just smile. Oh, yeah. Because he had to be able to get back into being. It's sort of like. It's sort of like what, what Jesus said, you know, being in this world without being of it, you know, because that's really what it is. It's, we have to learn how to be in it and function in this third dimensional reality and, you know, eat and we have to sleep. I mean, the meat suits take care, right? We got to feed it and we have to use time. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And we make appointments. You know, so that when we go someplace, that person is expecting to see us, and it's our turn, right? So we can do that, but we can do all of that from present moment. And then you don't, you don't have attachment to the outcome of that plan. You know, we've, I don't know if you've heard, heard this. A lot of people I know have. Um, you can make the plans, just don't plan the results. And that's basically the same kind of thing that it's saying. Go ahead and make the plans, but let go of the attachment to what happens with that. You know, so have an intention, have a focus, have goals, set those, let go of the attachment, do what you can do right now in this moment. So, yeah. And both of them had to go through major adjustments because they they got so pushed out of this dimension, you know. Okay, um, so announcements. Normally, circle is, it appears to be like every other Tuesday, but what it is is the first and third Tuesday of the month, and the fifth if there is one. Well, this is, today is the fifth Tuesday of the month. So that means we don't skip a week. Next Tuesday, we have circle again. Okay, so, but y'all, if you're on the email list, you'll get the notice. If you're not, there's a list over there that you can give me your name and your email address, and I'd be glad to add you to the list. Um, also on the table over there is the menu of classes. Um, some of you were here when I talked about last time that folks started coming to me and saying, you know, you do this for people out of town. They get a group of friends together, they decide what class they want to take from you, and then you go down there and you teach it. Well, why can't we do that here? Why do we wait until you plan to teach something and you pick the weekend? <laughs> and I went, I hadn't thought of that, but okay. <laughs> and they asked me to put out a menu of classes. I did, um, and 
if you're on the email list it got emailed to you but also there's a copy of it over there so there's that I'm also available for one-on-ones for healing touch Reiki matrix energetics for physical stuff but also for emotional stuff as well it works awesomely for that also for um, facilitating folks through Byron Katie's work if you want to do that privately I can do that one-on-one with you if not the second and fourth Tuesday and there's a flyer over there on that I teach Byron Katie's class and we do that more as a group process so that's available um, on codependency treatment and all that good stuff that I do and then this Sunday I've also got a flyer over there that talks about my friend Julie's place and the email that I sent out that most of you got and so if you if you want more information about that you're not on my email list there's a flyer over there about that as well and also my sweet friend is here Julie and if you have questions about it afterwards are you open to talking to folks okay awesome and go play all right so there's a couple of things I wanted to okay this is Eckhart out of Eckhart Tolle's book practicing the power of now to stay present in everyday life it helps to be deeply rooted within yourself otherwise the mind which has incredible momentum will drag you along like a wild river it means to inhabit your body fully to always have some of your attention in the inner energy field of your body to feel the body from within so to speak body awareness keeps you present it anchors you in the now and then the only other thing I wanted to read before we close was when the old ghosts come back to feed on everywhere everywhere that you felt sure do not strengthen their hunger by choosing to fear rather decide to call on your heart that it may grow clear and free to welcome home your emptiness that it may cleanse you like the clearest air that you could ever breathe I love that okay and then I always close with the Lord's Prayer but not the one we're used to I use the one that is a direct translation from Aramaic to present-day English so it is closer to the original O cosmic birther of all radiance and vibration soften the ground of our being and carve out a space within us where your presence can abide fill us with your creativity so that we may be empowered to bear the fruit of your mission let each of our actions bear fruit in accordance with our desire endow us with the wisdom to produce and share what each being needs to grow and flourish untie the tangled threads of destiny that bind us as we release others from the entanglements of past mistakes do not let us be seduced by that which would divert us from our true purpose
but illuminate the opportunities of the present moment. For you are the ground and the fruitful vision, the birth power and fulfillment as all is gathered and made whole again. Aho. And thank you all again for being here. I know on summer nights our group has dwindled a bit, but you know, I'm so appreciative that you guys come because it gives me the chance to teach what I most need to learn. Thank you. <laughs> Was a good one. <laughs>